The following resource is from lmpc.org and we're delighted to provide it freely to all. If you feel led to give towards the ministry of Lookout Mountain Presbyterian Church, we welcome you to do so at lmpc.org give. Please stand for a reading from Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. Well, good morning. I'm Brian Salter, one of the pastors here. Look forward to meeting you. If I have not done so already, we uh, are in Luke. Last week on Reformation Day, we had guest preaching, so we took a brief break. But remember, we're in Luke 10. We had previously heard uh, about the Good Samaritan and that parable the last time uh, we were in Luke. And that context is going to be really important. I'll speak to that in a moment. But let's pray that God would speak to us from his word. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you that you have revealed yourself to us. You are not hidden. You have revealed yourself in your word, in your son. We are so grateful. We hear you in this passage speaking to us today by your spirit. And we pray that we would hear with ears of faith and that we might believe and we might be changed. And we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. This passage, short passage, has to be set in the larger context. The larger context, I want you to remember the parable of the Good Samaritan. When the religious expert came to Jesus and said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? The religious expert comes to Jesus seeking to justify himself And what is happening as Luke arranges this is Luke is putting this scene, we understand he is not as concerned with a sequential gospel account. Later in Luke 17, they're going to be way north of Jerusalem, but here they're in Bethany. And so Luke is arranging this by the power of the Spirit to communicate. And just after that parable of the Good Samaritan, when the religious expert comes to Jesus to justify himself, that is in great contrast to Mary, who comes to hear and honor Jesus. Two very different approaches to the same person. And remember, the religious expert was asked to summarize the law, and he said, love your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, you've said rightly. And what Luke does now is he shows how Jesus uses boundary-shaking examples to show what it means to love your neighbor and love your God, and he does it in a way that will shock you 
Because when you're religious, Jesus doesn't define those things in the way you want. So he takes a Samaritan to define loving your neighbor, and later he's going to take Mary in a culturally stunning scene of Mary at the feet of Jesus. He's going to take her and say, loving God is not always what you think with your religion. Now, the context as we come is the disciples with Jesus are traveling. It says now as they went on their way, and you begin to see a welcome of Jesus. As they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. We don't want to skip over that. Martha welcomes Jesus, very likely, since there's no Hampton Inn on the corner. She's welcoming the entire band that's traveling with Jesus. Don't miss the goodness of her act. Martha is doing a very good thing, a righteous thing. She is showing hospitality. She is keeping God's commands. She is showing generosity. She wants to honor them. She wants to serve this group. As, as we know later on, Martha's a lover of Jesus. Martha is an earnest, ardent follower. In John 11, she would testify at the grave of her brother Lazarus to the truth of Jesus. And so this isn't a text to merely beat up on Martha. Martha's doing a good thing here. She's doing a sacrificial thing. And the point of this text, I want you to make real clear, the point of this text is not that there is an either or, that you either live a life of sitting with Jesus or a life of serving with Jesus. That you would get to choose a life of contemplative life before God or an active missional life. That's not the point of the text. This isn't an either or issue. This is not a passage against activity. After all, Jesus has just sent out the 72 on mission. The Good Samaritan did something. This is not a passage against activity, but you are going to see the point as you begin to see Jesus' welcome in verse 39. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. Not only do you see Martha welcoming Jesus, now you see the point. Jesus welcomes Mary. He doesn't turn her away as she sits at his feet. The only objection Jesus will make in this scene is to Martha, not to Mary. Now, why is that important? There's a lot of cultural stuff going on that we're missing. To sit at the feet of a teacher was to put yourself in the position of a student or a disciple or a learner. Acts chapter 22, verse 3 tells us how Paul sat at the feet of Gamaliel. Mary has put herself in a culturally unacceptable posture for a woman in that day. You did not learn from rabbis and teachers as a woman in that culture. Her very posture of sitting at his feet shows, and, God, and Jesus shows, he is breaking the boundaries of what we think it means to love God. And Mary takes the position right there at Jesus' feet. But even worse, it's not only her posture, Mary is violating cultural space. Males and females had specific spaces in the house where they could be present at the same time. 
One was the married bedroom. The other was outside where the children and men and women could be together. But in the inside public room of the house, the living room as it were, it was reserved for men. Mary goes into that space. And Mary takes the posture of a learner. And it would have been as scandalous as the Good Samaritan stopping for the guy on the road. Why does she do that? Mary is deeply convinced of the welcoming grace of Jesus. And when you're deeply convinced of the welcoming grace of Jesus, your life breaks all sorts of boundaries. It begins to break out to be with him. This scene is as radical and would turn our expectations upside down. And and this is the simple expectation that Jesus, because of his grace, and because of his work, and because of his love, welcomes you. Do you really believe that? Do you only come to him when you've been good enough? Or do you really believe he welcomes you? In in shocking ways, he he welcomes you. So you see in this opening scene the, the welcome of Jesus by Martha, and you see Jesus' welcome of Mary. What happens next? There's a complaint. And the complaint reveals that there is the presence of activity for Jesus without attention to Jesus. The complaint reveals that there is the presence of activity for Jesus without attention to Jesus. Now, a word of caution before we hear the complaint. This passage is not a case against activity, but please hear me. It is a caution for those who are engaged in service to Jesus. It is a warning. Service to Jesus becomes dangerously distorted when sitting with God is ignored. Service to Jesus becomes dangerously distorted when sitting with God is ignored. Activity for Jesus without attention to Jesus equals alarm. Loud alarms. Don't forget the main calling of Jesus for his disciples in Mark chapter 314. Do you remember what he said? He called them that he might be with them and send them out to preach. So again, notice it is not an either or, but what you see there is that labor for the kingdom must be rooted in the priority of listening and loving Jesus. To labor without listening is dangerous. And Martha reveals she's in the danger zone. Listen to her. Verse 40, but Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. Martha, you sense here, would love to hear Jesus as well, but she is burdened with the tyranny of the urgent. Now, it says that Martha was distracted with much serving. 
One of the questions you must ask in your distractions is, are the must that I'm concerned about the must that God commands? Perhaps she's putting on her own self things that are not necessary. And so she comes to Jesus. The irony of the scene is that Jesus is in her home, but she's actually missing him as she serves him. Do you see that? While Jesus is imparting his word to Mary, Martha decides it's her time to impart her word to Jesus. Notice she's not talking to Mary. She's talking to Jesus. She is exasperated with her sister, probably would love some help, but she's probably further exasperated by the cultural embarrassment of her sister at the feet of Jesus in the wrong room. Would you tell her to help me? This is not the time for her to be doing that. And why are you not correcting her? So she corrects Jesus. Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. What are the warning signs that you should note the same tendency in yourself that you serve without sitting? What would be the warning signs for every one of us? I want to give you really clear. It's when your serving becomes about self. Did you notice the repetition in Martha's words? Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. Me, me, my. The chief warning sign that you may be serving Jesus without sitting with him, that you may be active for him without attention to him, is that it starts to become about you. Mary's making much of Jesus. Martha's making much of herself, even as she serves Jesus. When you have pervasive activity for Jesus without attention to him, it will quickly and eventually become about you. And it will go toxic. So how do you know that your service for Jesus has become about you? And I'm speaking to believers right now, obviously, if you're serving him, if you're active for him, if you're doing things, uh, even just in life, maybe your work, you want to be a, somebody that works as, as someone working for Christ. I want to be a parent or a husband or a student. I, I want to do all these things for Christ. And I want to serve outside and volunteer and all these things. How do you know when it's become about you instead of Jesus? I'll give you three pointers. It's the presence of irritation, isolation, and entitlement. Those three things show up, you need to stop serving and sit down. Me included. This passage is as hard for a pastor as any other person. The level of activity for Jesus in my life, if it is not rooted in attention to Jesus, like Martha, it becomes about me and it gets toxic. But notice the sign of irritation. Don't you care? Irritated with Jesus, you can't see me. You're not paying attention to me. Irritation with Jesus. Don't you care? begins to be the self-pity in your service, right? You're serving and there's self-pity. 
He doesn't see me. Nobody sees me. And then you go to isolation. She says in verse 40, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve? Notice the word, alone. When you're serving Jesus and things come out of your mouth, like nobody else is doing this. Nobody else cares. You're serving without sitting. Take a seat. Quickly with Jesus, take a seat. And then you have entitlement. Tell her to help me. (laughs) Hey, Jesus, do what I say. Those three things, when there's activity without attention, when they're serving without sitting, watch. Those three things will start to show. Irritation, isolation, and entitlement, and then it's all about who? You. Serving without sitting, we don't see it in its full nature here, but it really becomes joyless, hollow, empty, and ugly. But the activity can look good. Spurgeon said the danger of this when you're serving without sitting is that you are killing the steed by spurring it and denying it food. Have you ever had somebody do a chore at you rather than for you? You ever had somebody wash dishes at you? It's painful. You think, well, I'll just do it myself. It's easy to do ministry and service at Jesus rather than for him. We need to watch diligently. We need to hear this last scene. We need to watch diligently for the marks of our activity without affection because it's very dangerous. And we see this call in the next verses, verse 41, 42. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary's chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. What I want you to hear this morning is the gracious invitation from Jesus to us, away from distraction to devotion. There is a rare repetition on the lips of Jesus, Martha, Martha. Two other times it happens in Luke, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Tear-stained face of Jesus. Simon, Simon. Satan's asked to sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you. The double repetition of a name does not show a harsh correction, but a tender invitation, a tender calling, a tender heart of Jesus for the one he's talking to. Martha, Martha, I want to be with you. I don't just want you busy for me. I want to be close with you. That's amazing. Martha, Martha, you're distracted. You're anxious and troubled, but one thing's necessary. Look at Mary, come be with me. What a gift that Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, wants to be with us. He's not just condemning, oh, you're too busy. He's like, I'm concerned about your heart. I'm concerned. I want to be with you. 
don't know if you know what the Chinese character for busyness is a picture of. It's a picture of a heart being, being destroyed. Busyness destroys the heart. In his book, Crazy Busy, Kevin DeYoung tells of a woman visiting the United States and she began to introduce herself as busy. She thought it, it was a traditional American greeting because all the people she was running into were like, hello, hi, I'm busy. So she thought it was a cultural deal, true story. I'm busy. You know, we are very busy people. Are our hearts alive? That's Jesus' concern. I want your heart, I want you. And he says, you know, one thing's necessary. Hear the gospel. You know what's necessary? Not our doing, not our performing. Our being with Jesus who graciously welcomes us. Lay your deadly doing down, down at Jesus' feet, and stand in him alone, gloriously complete. Jesus' gracious invitation is, Martha, Martha, I want you. One thing's necessary, and it's not performance. Praise God. I want you. And then he says, I want you to savor me, and he does it with a great word. Mary's chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. And, and with that word portion, which is a meal word, <laughs> he turns the whole thing and says, Mary is fretting about feeding me. I just want you to feast on me. Mary's chosen the right meal. Martha, in making a meal for me, you've missed me. I just want to be with you. Now, I understand in a room like this, some people are sitting there going, I actually don't know how to be with Jesus. I believe in him. I hear people talking about spending time with God, but I don't know how to be with Jesus. In the most simple way, I would say, open this book, get alone, Read, before you read, say, Spirit of God, teach me. And start writing what you learn. And praying. And you'll find yourself not wanting to get up. Particularly when it becomes more than a book. It becomes a relationship. Now, if you're busy for him and you're not doing that, you're in danger. Your heart is in danger. My heart's in danger. So to be with Jesus, open the Bible, read a passage, start with a book, ask these questions. What does this passage I just read require that I repent of? What does this passage require me to believe? And how does this passage call me to obey? Start doing that and asking Jesus to teach you so that we might not be those guilty of a heart annihilation. And believe this, he wants to be with you. How do I know? The table and the word. The feast we're about to have is Jesus saying, 
sit down with me. You couldn't sit down with me at this table if I didn't serve you. Sit with me. Rest. Come close to me. Refresh your heart. Be with Jesus in his word. Let's come be with Jesus at his table. Let's pray. Our Father, we, we really pray to you and ask now that you really would draw near to us at this table, that we would be refreshed in our hearts in the midst of all our busyness and service, that we would enjoy being with you in your presence, at your table with your people. Come feed us, we pray. In Christ's name, amen.